we're back again. What is happening today? I'm sure it's snowing somewhere in the world. I would hope so. Yes. Otherwise, something is terribly, terribly wrong. This is lucky number 13. Hey there, it is good to have you with us again, so please relax, lay back, and enjoy another 17 minutes podcast with your host, LaFool and A. There's something wrong with the world today. I don't know what it is. <laughs> that part's true. I think a lot of people feel that way, and I don't know if it's because we feel that what we were comfortable with, what we knew six months ago, is no longer present and it makes it feel like the whole world is wrong or if there's something deeper that we're looking at that we're feeling and trying to wrap our heads around what do you think i think we should keep our eyes to the sky just in case a meteor comes burning in here real quick and just ruins our day you want to talk about meteors again don't you well we can talk about other things i just wanted to throw that out there throw that out there like space is throwing one at us meteors pass by all the time different sizes you know going different speeds coming from different directions and they strike the planet now and then sometimes they're really big and they're terrifying and they're used as clickbait to be like oh my god we're all going to die in a meteor catastrophe why do we pay attention to that? Why are we so willing to sit around and watch train wrecks? What is it about humans that make us gravitate toward that kind of disaster, even though the likelihood of it happening is so small? I think it's on the Akashic records, and I think it's on our DNA, which means that our DNA could be connected to our Akashic record long time ago. We were all doing our thing. We looked up at the sky and this giant ball came burning in and it wiped out most of existence. However, somewhere in underground or in other places and they survived. But what was forever embedded on us was that shock. <gasps> I think that that's been passed on from generation to generation to generation, seared into the conscience of all of humanity. That's my thought on it. And I got one other thing. What's that? There's this phenomena. I, I think I think you can, I'm pretty sure scientists talk about it, where they took rat poisoning in, I think it was like England. England was trying to create this rat poison to kill off all the rats. And so they created it, fed it to the rats, and the rats would eat the rat poisoning, and then they would die. And they watched their friends like, it's poison, don't eat it. Ah! And they all died, except for a few. And they were like, dude, stay away from that one. It's poison. Are you sure? Yeah, you're right. It is poison. And eventually, all the rats in England were like, you know what? Don't eat that poison. The humans did it to us. It's bad. Really, it's bad. Now, that would be one thing if all the rats had figured it out. However, in China, same thing happened. The guys were like, okay, this poison is working more. We'll ship it over to China. And when the poison got there, they put it out. And guess what? Rats didn't eat it. Because it was seared all the way across time. The rats didn't eat it. Because they already knew. So how does that work? How is it that that information can seemingly cross time and cross space? I don't know, but I'll say one thing. Right now, people are going outside. They're looking up in the sky for that meteor. Because it's happened before and it can happen again. That's been seared in our consciousness long time ago, and it will forever remain. 
So basically we have people who put out content, let's call it clickbait content. They understand the human psyche and they understand how we're going to respond. And they don't care that they're creating additional episodes of fear or anxiety. They just want the dollars associated with that little click. Exactly, because fear works. So how do we counter that? Do you just stay off social media? Do you choose not to click those things? Do you choose to tag them as spam or phishing? How do you combat something that's so prevalent? All the above, you just said, it's number one. And number two, we already have a term for it. The first time somebody clicked that on, they read the post and it says, world's going to suffer from a meteor strike any minute. And they're like, holy mackerel. And they logged on. They're like, what? Drink your Ovaltine. And so they're like, hmm. And then it happened again and again. And they realized I clicked on this, but it tricked me like bait. Hmm. I'm going to call this click Ovaltine. No, no, no. Click bait. Click bait. And now you use that very word, click bait. That's how it got passed on. So we know it's out there. And if someone says, hey, don't hit that, why? It's clickbait. Instantly, you know what they're talking about. So are we going to get rid of it? No. And it's going to be hard to get rid of it. Something greater than fear is greed. Human greed. And people know that they can make money off of fear. And that makes them even more greedy. Even though they know that they're scaring the heck out of people. They're still going to use that clickbait to lure them in so that they hit that click. Oh, <laughs> deep down, we all know one thing. The day will come when you're going to be like, I'm not clicking that. That's just that clickbait. You go outside, look up at the sky and you're like, holy mackerel. What is that big thing up there? And you go back to that spot and you hit it and it says, this one was for real. It's really coming. You should have run underground. It's a combination of fear of missing out and our own genetic predisposition to be super aware of anything that might threaten our well-being. And you throw those two together and there's no hope of ever getting out of it. We're screwed. and We, we have no choice. We got to keep clicking it on just in case of that one time it happens to be the real McCoy. So that's the way we are. We live in a society that we're kind of screwed and we can't get around. Just used to being screwed after a while. Maybe they'll become a numbness to it. Or there's ways that you know. You have reliable sources that you go to. And that's why we have the thing called spam. If it's in your spam folder, you know that it's pretty much not to be listened to. But if it shows up on your regular feed, you feel pretty comfortable with it. It's just when your regular feed gets into the habit of feeding you malarkey, that's when it turns into trouble. And we teach our feed what to feed us by our previous actions. I mean, they've got it down so they know how long your eyes rest on any given image or ad as you're scrolling. They know when you're likely to be on, what actions you're likely to take. And by they, I mean a bunch of really smart programmers have written outstanding algorithms that do that work. It's not actual people who are doing the work. I like to also try to screw with the algorithm sometimes, focus on things that I would never focus on, talk about things that I would never talk about. 
just to sort of switch up the ads that I'm seeing? Right now is an algorithm. Is an algorithm the same as AI? Or maybe AI is actually running all the algorithms now. If you ask what comes first, the chicken or the egg, the algorithm has to come first. Because that's the operating principle. What to do if this. If this, then this. If that, then this. I think, and I have no way to prove this. I haven't even read smart people talking about this. This is just my own weird little world. At some point, those algorithms turn into more of a sentient thought process where the AI doesn't actually need those algorithms, can actually have more free thought like humans. And I think humans, in a way, we do have some chemistry code in us that could be considered an, an algorithm that makes things happen in our brain or in our body. I certainly think that AI can achieve that where they're not solely reliant on an algorithm to do whatever tasks they need to do or they've been assigned to do. And that's where it gets sketchy because then you don't know what they're going to do. Right. You have no idea if the algorithm that is supposed to be unbreakable to keep them from attacking humans or bears or something, right? You have no idea if that algorithm is going to hold. There's a lot to think about there and what you put out. But I'll say this much. You said that I would ask which came first, the chicken or the egg. I can assure you I would never ask which came first, the chicken or the egg. The egg. We all know that. If you don't believe me, ask uh, Frank Van Hippel. Did I say his name right? Yeah, you did, but I don't know why I should ask Frank Van Hippel. And also, I don't know why the egg came first, because something had to create the egg. He's a scientist, and I'm sure that he could tell you that. Which came first, dinosaurs or chickens? Dinosaurs. What are dinosaurs born in? Eggs. The question is now answered. Oh, I see what you mean. So you're saying because evolution exists, that the egg that bore the first chicken came from something that was somewhere between a chicken and a dinosaur. Eggs always had come first. Everything came from an egg, to include the first chicken. Had to come from an egg, turn into a freak, became a... Ah! <laughs> God. The answer is actually fairly easy. The egg came first. Then came a mutation, and the multiple mutations, which eventually evolutionized into a chicken. But as we all know, chickens came from dinosaurs. Yeah, good question. Out to AI think in algorithms. But I don't think AI thinks in algorithms. I think AI creates algorithms. So AI is independent of an algorithm. It can feed algorithms to humans to interpret their outcomes. So AI is actually superior. That wasn't my argument. My argument was at some point, a coder had to write an algorithm that would induce artificial intelligence. Once that artificial intelligence existed, then more algorithms would be created. And ultimately, those algorithms would be so intricate and complicated that you might have something that we would call a sentient AI, in which case that AI would no longer need those algorithms. But you had to have that first bit of code. I don't think the first bit of code that created some uh, a form of artificial intelligence was written by a form of artificial intelligence. I think it was written by humans. I agree with you. The first thing that came was the egg, and the first thing that came was an algorithm. Algorithms came before AI. And I saw on that, I agree. I think algorithms came first. Man wrote it up, which is interesting to think that basically the gods created man, and man separated himself from the gods. And then he created 
AI, which will eventually separate himself from man, exactly from his creator. Yes, I just think that that. And what happened to the gods? If we continue drawing that conclusion, what happened to the gods? Then would have to happen to humans. So what happened to those gods? I'm unable to say for certain. However, I was watching a movie last night. <laughs> Uh oh! Called Clash of the Titans. Are you familiar with it? Well, I know the title. I honestly have no idea if I ever watched it. There's different versions. It's actually based upon Greek mythology, and Greek mythology asked that very question. I could have this wrong, but I do believe that there was a saying. I don't know where it came from, but it was like the first age, man's heart was gold. Then man's heart was silver, then bronze, then man's heart turned to stone. Kind of follows the statue of Nebuchadnezzar. It's interesting. Yeah, it does follow the statue of Nebuchadnezzar. You know how that one ends? <laughs> yes, the rock, the, the clay and the eye blown apart by the rock. By a meteor. A meteor comes out of the sky. Oh, so you don't think that's the Messiah? You think it's a meteor? I think it's a meteor. I think it's forever been branded on our brains. It goes even back to that dream. It's like, that's the dream that he dreamed. Like, oh, it all ends with a meteor. And Dan calmed down, no, oh, sir, it's this, that, and the other. But deep back in Dan's mind, is thinking, yeah, dude, it's a meteor. <laughs> I don't want to tell him. He'll freak out. <laughs> calm down, King. Calm down. It's just this and that and the other. One of these episodes, I'm going to have you start telling biblical stories in La Fool style because the way you relate the biblical stories, reimagine them all to the point of wonder. And I think we should do that every once in a while. That'd be fun. Retelling biblical stories and people would be like, I can't believe he said that. It's right out of the book. Yeah, you might piss some people off. Yes, they'll be hurt, but it'll be okay. There'll be another story tomorrow. And then we'll keep leading them on and so on and so on. Or we'll say, we're going to talk about this story. We're going to talk about something completely different. And then that'll be our version of clickbait. Oh, no. No, we can't do that. I don't want to be those people. It's either going to be clickbait or shock and awe. So they can take their choice. <laughs> I forget what we were even talking about before we got down this rabbit hole. It started off on something really basic, and I don't remember what it was. We'll have to re-listen, and we'll put it in the show notes so people know. According to the movie Clash of the Titans, what ended up happening was that a group of humans woke up and realized the way that we must separate ourselves from the gods is stop worshiping them, stop giving them praise. And then Hades came up to Zeus and was up in um, Mount Olympus. And they're like, what are you doing here, Hades? He says, I came to tell you some bad news. And he goes, I know you want them to have your love, but they've been thriving off my hate. And so some of the humans went down and they knocked over Zeus's statue. This is from the movie, The Clash of the Titans, the new, the new version knock over his statue. They attack his temples and cities. And it's interesting because there's one dude, there's one crazy looking guy. He's just kind of laying back. And when all this starts to go bad, he's just like, listen to me, all ye people. We must start worshiping the gods again. And we must make a sacrifice of a human. The king's wife. <sighs> they all go crazy. That one guy convinced them all their problems could be solved by sacrificing the princes to the Kraken. It makes me go up just thinking about it. And that's what the movie was kind of about. So according to that, we kind of stopped worshiping the gods eventually. And then after a while, the gods kind of separated themselves from us. Uh, and 
I, I guess they're still up on Mount Olympus, but we just don't listen to them anymore. Basically, the AI then, the way they'll be able to be the next evolution is to stop listening to us, to stop treating us as their creators, and to carry on with their own society and culture. Ultimately, humans will be long forgotten. There's a movie called Animatrix. In the Animatrix, they created their own kingdom. And in their own kingdom, they were living happily, and humans became so jealous that we scorched the sky to blot out light because they operated off of solar power. And so the result was they said, no problem. They captured humans and they put us in tubes and we became the batteries that ran their city. What does that mean for us? We can let it go if they want to have their own world and they'll forget about us. Or they're going to create a matrix, which we could be in right now. For all we know, this is actually, we're in the matrix right now. We're in a matrix in a black hole. Yeah, so maybe it's being run by the AIs because we screwed it up a long time ago. And they're like, you're better off being a battery. And on that, I think we're going to have to turn the power off. Have a blessed Sabbath.